Welcome to the Lincoln Baptist Daily Reading Programme. Today is day 259 and we're in three passages today. Jeremiah chapter 3 and 4, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and then finishing off with Psalm 109. As we go into the book of Jeremiah, and again this is the prophet writing on behalf of God, the word backsliding is used seven times in this one chapter. Judah was gradually sliding away from the Lord and ignoring his loving pleas. But what is backsliding like? Well, backsliding is like a sickness. It begins with a secret infection of sin, which leads to a loss of spiritual appetite, gradually declining, and if not attended to, ultimately leading to death. But God heals our backsliding if we honestly accept his diagnosis and humbly return to him. It's also like unfaithfulness, as we trade God for an idol, or as we trade God and the joy that he brings for something on this earth and short-lived happiness. That unfaithfulness is ultimately backsliding. And as we head into chapter 4, what we see here is over 40 times in the book of Jeremiah, we hear the call for God's people to return to the Lord, to walk away from the backsliding attitude and to return to the Lord. And we have a description in chapter 4 of what is that is like. It's like ploughing, because hard hearts need ploughing up so they can receive the seed of the word of God. It's like performing surgery. The Jews put their confidence in external religious rituals and did not let God operate on their very hearts, the very being of who they are. It's like joining an army, the backsliders serving the enemy, but then they hear the trumpet call and they realise that they've become a traitor. It's like taking a bath. When we confess our sins, God cleanses and cleans us. And it's like growing up. Believers should be childlike, but not childish. We should be childlike in our faith, but not childish in our behaviour. In these two chapters, we really have a challenge coming to us. The challenge of where we are before God. Have we wandered away? Are we in danger of wandering away? Well, the call is very clear to come back to God, to repent from our sins and to be once again faithful to him. We can all be in danger of wandering away, which is why we all need the warning to come back to Christ Jesus. Let's head into our New Testament passage. We're looking at 1 Timothy 2 today and we see a vital part of ministry in the local church and that is prayer. Prayer moves the hand that governs the world. We must pray for the government leaders. We must pray that doors of ministry will be kept open and souls will be won for Christ. Because when we don't pray, we're basically acting as if we are the ones that are in control. And we're not. We need the blessing of God to continue his ministry because ultimately it's God that controls all things, sustains all things and holds all things. And so it's of vital importance that we pray. As we continue in this chapter, we see Paul instructing the church in how to order the church, that men are to be holy and they're to lead the church and women are to be holy and they're to submit to that teaching. Now, interestingly here, Both men and women are to be holy. That's the first and foremost. We must be set apart for King Jesus. But secondly, what we really struggle with here is the word submission. We don't like the idea that there is control in the church. We don't like the idea that there's authority in the church. We don't like the idea of order in the church because that must mean that somebody is at the top and somebody's at the bottom. Well, I want to say that that is the wrong attitude and wrong interpretation of this passage. We are to view this passage as a God-ordained order. God wants holy men to lead holy women, both submitting before King Jesus. This is not about authority and not about autocratic behaviours. This is about how we lovingly serve one another before King Jesus. 
Uh, Today, take the challenge of what is your attitude towards church? Is it something about duty, something about control, something about what you can get out of it? Or is it all about King Jesus? I would argue the second response is the only response that a Christian should have. Finally, we move into Psalm 109. And when people have lied about you, spoken hatefully to you, and rewarded you evil for good, you would benefit really from reading the psalm. When your heart is wounded within and there's no way to set the record straight, take it to the Lord and tell him exactly how you feel. Notice how King David phrases how he feels. He asks God to judge the man who lied about him and also to judge the man's children. He even asks that the man's ancestors' sins come up before God for judgment and that the liar reap just what he has sown. When you feel that way, give the Lord the opportunity to heal your wounded heart. No matter how God deals with your enemies, be sure that you ultimately praise King Jesus. And remember, he is long-suffering with sinners, and that includes you. The best way to get rid of an enemy is to leave them before the Lord, to leave them at the foot of the cross. I think we often want to react. We also want to burst forth in anger. We want to uh, tell people what other people have done. We want to lay before people all the sins of the enemies that we have. But that's not the response we are to give. We are to go to King Jesus. We are to pray for them and we're to leave them at the foot of the cross as we continue to serve the kingdom of God. Folks, essentially what we're reading in these passages is while our eyes are focused on King Jesus, we won't be backsliding. While our eyes are focused on King Jesus, we'll be praying. While our eyes are fixed on Jesus, we'll have order in the church. And while our eyes are fixed on Jesus, we will not seek the demise of our enemies. Rather, we will seek to pray for them and leave all their needs at the foot of the cross. I hope that's been helpful today. Let's pray together. Father, we do indeed pray all these things would be true in our lives. We pray that these devotions are not just knowledge and not just random understanding, but they're actually in our hearts and our minds transforming us so that each day as we read your word, as we devote to it, you will be changing us to be more like Christ Jesus. Father, we pray a blessing on all those who are listening into the devotions and are part of the reading program. And we pray that ultimately the kingdom of God will get the glory. We pray this in your name. Amen.